Hard work every day, not an easy mom, got no time to play. Always on the go, you stuck on the flow, but it's time for the show. Welcome back to another season of the Not For Lazy Moms podcast. I'm so excited. We are coming to you virtually. And we're not just audible this year. We're actually visual too. I'm so excited. What's up, Allie? How have you been? I'm good. Hanging in. Pretending there's not maybe wine in here, but (laughs) good. (laughs) How are you guys? Everything. We're we're doing great. I'm doing great. Um, We're just maintaining, you know, through COVID and you know, taking care of the family. Yes. I know it's been quite an interesting journey with the whole quarantine. Have you been surviving? (sighs) A lot of deep breaths, a lot of, I feel like I've been baking so much that um, I'm glad that it's just from here up so that I don't have to actually put on real clothes. Uh, (laughs) I'm scared to put on jeans. I don't know if y'all have worn jeans yet, but I'm scared for that day. So yeah. Well, you know, we actually stopped eating meat during this quarantine. So we, we took the opposite route. We've actually shed a few pounds. (laughs) pounds, A lot. I'm about 20 pounds. I, I, I seriously, I was gonna say, I'm like, I don't know if it's the screen or what, but you guys look amazing. Thank you. We've been doing a lot of family meditation. We've been doing a lot, which I love that we have this new season where we can talk about all of it. But one thing that we've definitely been doing to, uh, I guess, just kind of like diffuse at night and just kind of relax and wind down. You see, our wine rack is like almost empty. Yes, <laughs> I do. We've been doing. We have two bottles of Pumas left, so. Um, it's been it's been quite an adventure, but I'm really excited about today's episode. We're going to be talking about kids are people. And it's interesting to me because I was sort of raised in a house where we were taught to be independent and we were taught that it was okay to speak our minds. And Chris, talk about your growing up. <laughs> she just throwing shade on me. <laughs> no, no, it's, I, it's I'm, real. <laughs> I'm the baby out of four boys. So a lot of those days were easy for me because my older brothers pretty much did it for me. So that's why I was a little bit late getting stuff done as far as, you know, handling my own business, you know, as far as being independent. But eventually I got it because my mom was like, enough's enough. He, he needs to grow up. Right. But more so than that, I'm talking about just from the aspect of like in my house, we're very mouthy. We were taught that it's okay to talk and speak and be vocal. And Chris had the opposite. So we had to learn how to balance each other in our relationship, but then also in our parenting. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, In my house, you pretty much couldn't be vocal. You know, whatever the parents said, that was it. You couldn't express yourselves, whether you were right or wrong. You had to just shut up and take it pretty much. What about you? Uh, Yeah, I mean, the same with Chris. It it kind of was that situation. But there was also a lot of just you either got in trouble or nobody spoke of it. And I I really couldn't stand up for myself or like you said, Chris, defend myself in those situations. So honestly, I I've learned so much from parenting because I feel like you can either repeat the past and repeat how you were raised or look at how you were raised and be like, I do not want to be like that. I need to shift something. So, you know, that's kind of what I've done. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, with Monique and me, we both kind of had to find a middle ground on that, on raising mm-hmm. our kids. And I, I think that's the best way. Yeah. yeah. And some of the questions we're going to tackle today for everyone listening. Are you the parent that barks orders to your children? Do you think that your child is less than simply because of their age? And do you keep it real 
with your child when they're coming to you asking questions. And then I want to even talking about I, I even want to talk about when keeping it real goes wrong. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that tends to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. So I guess we'll start out just talking about the fact that with my kids, since they were babies, I just felt like they were able to grasp everything. I felt like when they looked at me and when they were watching me, they were getting their firsthand example of how to be, how to communicate, how to handle things. And one thing that I always love as one of my little tricks is as soon as they're able to like sit up and they're able to move around and do stuff, I give them a job. Like when I'm doing laundry, I'm like, here, help me fold. And they'll sit there and just make a ball out of a shirt or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Plays them anyway. Right. They feel like they're really doing something and they feel like they're helping. And I feel like that is teaching their mind that, oh, I can do what mommy's doing. I can do what daddy's doing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it teaches them, you know, as you, like that sense of independency where then they're, they're getting excited to do chores. I mean, who doesn't want that? I feel like... Um, I coddled my first so much and I don't know if you did too, but like then I kind of shifted and started treating my kids like people. Once I had my second, I'm like, you guys good? Like, I don't even know where the baby is right now. He's probably like, you know, doing his own laundry, sweeping the floors. Like I have no idea. (laughs) It's like, it comes to a point where you're like, you realize that they are little people and you know, it's okay. They're, they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, my parenting style was almost taking that kind of Montessori approach where they are learning and they're learning how to almost be like a little adult. And I'm treating yeah. them like a little adult. I have conversations with them. I don't, I've never baby talked mm-hmm. my kids. Never. I felt like every time they looked at me, they're watching my mouth. They're watching how my, how my, li- how my lips, my lips are moving. I do feel like my kids were speaking so very well at such a young age. Now, Chase, on the other on the other hand, I don't know what's going on with Caveman <laughs> Chase. We call him the Caveman. Everything is like barking and just like one word orders. Like if he has like a little water gun, I shoot, I shoot. I'm like, okay, yes. He is hilarious. Everything is um, a fish, a uh, that. Of uh, this, where Christopher and Milani, they were using complete sentences like sure very early. So, and maybe it's because he's the baby. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, he's taking my approach. I was the baby. So, it, it is what it is. Right. But I feel like you're bringing up such a co- good point because it's so easy for us to compare our kids, you know, oh, yeah. and and for me, my first Sam, he was he's already reading and he's not even in kindergarten. He's self he's taught himself how to read and he's reading on his own. Whereas my second, you know, he's like apple ball and Nana. And that's about it. <laughs> I'm like, all right. But it's so hard to, to not compare and to, you know. It is. It is. And it, it, it. what I love about being a parent is that when I think I had it figured out, here comes that next one that is teaching me something totally mm-hmm. new, totally different. And I realize once again that I have to adapt to this child and they are little people mm-hmm. and I don't treat them in such a way where what they say doesn't matter just because they're young. I want them to feel free to express whatever it is that they feel tell me about your day. Tell me about how you feel about this. If you're frustrated, what does that feel like? Okay. So now how can we fix it? And I don't want them speaking so long as they do it in a respectful way, in a respectful tone. 
Yeah, you know, I, I totally agree with that because it's at times, you know, the kids might get to fighting, but you know, amongst themselves, and yeah. I'm frustrated and I'm upset, and um, you know, and they're trying to explain what happened, and I'm just like, just shut up. <laughs> but then I have to catch myself and actually calm down and let them express themselves, explain what happened. Then maybe I'll even find out that that particular kid wasn't even wrong. Yeah, Milani right. does that all the time. She is the one who will do something like shady and then she'll come back <laughs> Christopher did this yeah. so my first question is always because I know her my first question is always well what led up to that and now she well right. I was taking this toy and I was throwing it over there well Milani you can't do that like you can't get mad at his response to something that you did because that's not fair and now we're able to sit down and figure things out now Christopher he is my little truth teller he will tell you the truth even when he's wrong and you can tell with his body language when he knows it's his fault but right. I give him because he'll still tell me what he did Milani, little slickster you know, <laughs> Chase he's still young so Chase he'll, he gets upset when you tell him that wasn't right he's like, like how dare you correct me can like, you? yes right yes so you were about to say something no, I just I, I think you're I think you're bringing up a good point, though, about to them when kids fight, it's so easy to be like, you know what? No, you go over there. You go over there. But I think great advice is remembering, look, this fight may seem absolutely ridiculous to us. It could be over. You got the green toy and you wanted the green toy, whatever it is. But yeah. to them, they're people. And it is important for us to have them. You know, even though we bite our tongues and we just want to be like, please just stop talking right, to, yeah. <laughs> to hear them out, to hear them out and to have them talk through their feelings, because that's a way for them to navigate their feelings and to teach them how to express themselves. Yes. And, you yeah. know, one, one thing that we do a lot, we always let them know that mommy and daddy go through this, too. So we're like, OK. If mommy and daddy, you see sometimes mommy and daddy having a disagreement, how would it make you feel if daddy took his toy and threw it at me? Hmm. That's, That's not good for you to throw it at. Do you see daddy doing that to me? No. no. You see me and daddy sit down and we talk about it and then we apologize for whoever was wrong and we move on. So right. being an example sometimes in putting ourselves into the situation, I noticed with our kids goes a long way. Because then they realize that, okay, mommy and daddy aren't superheroes. They're emotionally in tune, just like us. Mm -hmm. And they're able to handle their emotions and control themselves. Then we're, it's, it's possible for us too. Yeah. So that's really important. Yeah. But before you move on though, yes. a small percentage of the time, you do have to tell them to just shut up and let them know that <laughs> you still a parent and you got to lay down a law. <laughs> I mean, th that is true. And I feel like there's also a fine line of, of letting them know, like, Hey, this is a little, you know, a big thing versus a little thing. And you don't really need to get so upset over a little thing. It's not like you're being condescending or talking down to them or anything. You're kind of helping them. You don't need to flip out and have this re crazy reaction over that. You know? Yeah. And it also helps them to learn how to manage their emotions. I knew this was going to happen. T'Challa is like, I have entered the chat. <laughs> I, I have my arm around Monique trying to be all romantic on this, but mm -hmm. let me move my arm because he will poop on you. <laughs> wow. Wait, Chris does not like does he not like you? Chris doesn't like him. I don't so like he him. just gives him the same energy that he gives Chris, that Chris gives him. But no, he poops on command. 
And for the most part, he does a good job of getting off of me when he needs to go. And he's just like, he's like so into it right now. This say hi to the people. He's like a baby every now and then, you know, when you're potty training them, they have an accident. Right. Well, he's like, I'm a person. I'm I'm a I'm a person too. <laughs> he's on me because I don't fool with him. <laughs> Chris is like not the he's not the animal person at all. And the only reason we even got a bird is because he had birds when he was younger, yeah, and he did. thought that it would be the same situation with this bird, and he realized just lock him in the cage yeah. and feed him and give him water. That's <laughs> So Chala is never caged unless it's bedtime. Have you three all day? Sir, Chris, what did you expect? You know Monique. She like here inside your house and like nurse like brought him back to health. And, and you know what's crazy? She wants another one and she wants a dog. So I don't know what I'm gonna do over here. <laughs> Maybe I'll just be a dog and just walk around. No. My goal is for us to have a semi zoo. It's not it's like, oh, amazing. <laughs> I love animals. I do. I do. But um, okay. So to Ch- now to Charles and they're saying his own name. So if y'all hear anything in the background, I apologize. But my bird, <laughs> he is, um, he thinks that he's supposed to be involved in everything because he thinks he's a person. So excuse to Charlie, y'all. Um, <laughs> That's why Chase is barking. He's Chase is like trying to find his voice over to Chala. <laughs> oh my goodness. They, they, they both, compete for attention too. They yeah. both mimic each other. So Chase will make these high-pitched sounds and then T'Challa will copy it. And I think T'Challa is learning curse words because of Chase. <laughs> Chase has a tongue tie. So he has a hard time pronouncing things. So when he says beach, he'll be right. like, mommy, beach. He's saying the other word. <laughs> he's saying the B word. And, and, Chase. And, and if he says fart, he says the other word. Yes, he says the <laughs> F-bomb time he'll be like i f and i'm like no this part they fart and the other kids just crack up and laugh they think it's so funny chase stop saying that and they're laughing the whole time but yes so one thing that i do love about how we're raising our kids now compared to how we were raised like you said some things you'll do similar some things you'll do different we were told no a lot in my house and sometimes we didn't get an explanation and you know i'll explain to my kids if i'm telling them no and i also what's similar is that we were raised to speak our minds to you know not just because we're talking to an adult doesn't mean that we have to shut up and be quiet we just need to do it in a respectful way so and i mean growing up in church everybody in my church knew that <laughs> so they'll be like them cox girls they're going to let you know what they're thinking. <laughs> That's my maiden name. So they they would they would know that my dad was like, pretty much, no, you're not going to talk down to my kids. They're people. You're not going to play on their mm-hmm. uh, their need to feel like they can Have speak. Have to respect and, an adult. Yeah, yeah, it's like you can still respect the adult, but respecting you doesn't mean I'm going to let you talk to, any, talk to me any kind of way and walk all over me. Right. So I do the same with my kids. And I feel like because of it, they are very confident. Like they can speak to an adult. They can speak to a child and they know how to address them. They know how to make their presence known. They know how to express themselves. And it goes a long way. No, mm-hmm. no person is going to come over to my child and say something out of pocket without my child being like, oh, I'm going to tell my mommy what you just said. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's that's so important. I to- I absolutely agree. And you know, it actually took I feel like quarantine and this whole covid thing um 
kind of shifted our parenting a little bit. We were saying no a little bit more pre-quarantine and maybe being a little too strict with certain things and not really giving explanations. And then quarantine, we realized, you know what? Let's just say no. I don't know. I feel like the good thing that's come out of it is we've all started to like slow down a bit and say no less, you know? Kind yes. of let our kids figure it out themselves. Yeah. Um, as long as they're not getting hurt or doing something, you know, really wrong. Yeah. I don't really need to say no. Um, what I love to do is to give another option. Yeah. So if they're playing with something that I'm like, whoa, that's a hazard, especially with Chase, because he's the youngest. So if he picks up a pair of scissors, I'm like, oh, shoot. OK, uh, <laughs> let me get these scissors out of his hand. But let me have something to give him like a trade off. Yeah. So I like take the scissors as I'm showing him something else. I'm like, look, wow, isn't this cool? And it totally fools him. He'll, he'll be focused on the new thing and doesn't even realize that I just took something that could be a hazard away from him. So now I don't have to deal with him breaking down, throwing a tantrum, laying all over the floor. He throws silent tantrums. And I've posted this on my Instagram before. Um, Chase would just lay there. And it's the funniest thing. He'll get down on the floor, gently lay down, and he'll just lay there. So that's the way he protests when he's upset. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, giving that other option a lot of times. So this way you can even explain with the older kids, like, this is why I don't want you playing with this because this can happen. Mm -hmm. And how about you use this? And then they understand like, oh, okay, mommy's not just telling me no just to say it. She's right. actually being protective and making sure that I'm safe and I'm okay. Well, and also giving them an option kind of encourages, again, their independence because they're making the decision on their own, right? So they're saying, you know what? Okay, maybe that's not a good idea. I'll choose this instead. And they think they're doing it on their own, but even though you're kind of coaching them along the way, but it's that yeah. little boost they need. Yep, I do that with clothes. So teaching them how to like make an outfit, mm -hmm. I'll have a pre-selected range of things for them to choose from. That's and then great. when they make their choice, I've already predetermined the options, but because they're saying, oh, I have this set that I can choose from and I'm choosing this, that, or the other, they still, it still reinforces that whole mindset that you are creating whatever it is that you desire for yourself. So there's different ways to really um, come up with crafty little tricks where you're still being the parent and creating whatever uh, situation and then they're choosing it as the child and they're feeling like they're, you know, they're being so independent. I got to do a little bit better at that then because a lot of times I'm just trying to get them dressed, get them out of the house. <laughs> I pick it out. No, you're wearing this and we're out, you know, so I got to tighten up in that area. Yeah. And also you like to just do it for them a lot. And I'm all, I'm always on him like Chris, stop babying them. Let them do it themselves. Yeah, I, I tend Chase, to do that. Chase, since he since he started walking, he knows how to go to the cabinet, open it up, get his bowl when he wants a snack. So if he tells me, mommy, y'all want snack, mommy, snack. Well, he doesn't how chase chase language. Snack. Mommy, snack, <laughs> snack. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, OK, go get your bowl. He doesn't speak as well as the other two did, but his. His uh, understanding. Right. He understands. Oh, what he is very sharp and has been that way since he was a baby. This little boy, his he's on another level with his understanding. So I'm like, go ahead, get your bowl, get your spoon. He'll open up the cabinet, grab his bowl, grab his spoon. He'll close it and then he'll bring it to me. And then I'm like, OK, what snack do you want? 
He'll go to the snack drawer. He'll open it up. He'll look in there. He'll pick out his snack and bring it back to me. I'll pour it in and then I give him the bowl and I say, all right, go find a spot so you can sit down and eat. And he'll carry his bowl and walk around and look where he wants to go. He'll <laughs> sit down and he'll he'll sit there and just mind his own business and enjoy his little snack. All and, right. that, you know, now he knows like, OK, I can have whatever I want so long as I get what I need on my own. And then I'm asking mommy, you know, or daddy. Yeah. Yep. I, I, what do you do, though? And, you know, we're talking about kids are people and and all that. But when it comes to talking to your kids about the tough conversation, the tough topics, the ones when they ask questions, whatever the conversations you don't want to have, basically, how, how do you know? Uh, when, uh, so that's when keeping it real goes wrong. Uh, <laughs> well, we've had that happen quite a bit. Uh, so most recently, um, anyone who watches Real Housewives of Potomac, they know that I was involved in the physical altercation. So the fact that this is going to be televised and my kids are ear hustlers and they're nosy, um, they understood that mommy was involved in a fight. So I had to, along with my husband, we had to sit down and explain to them what happened. I went through every detail. I explained why I reacted the way I did. I, I explained um, how that made me feel afterward. And even in the future, you know, we had talks again. Um, my son, Christopher, my oldest, he immediately went into protective mode. So he was more so just like, oh, my God, you know, mommy, where are you going? He took on some of the stress. Oh, that felt on me. So I had to sit down with him one day and I just said, um, you know, Christopher, you know, you don't have to worry. Mommy's okay. Mommy's safe. You know, um, just, and I'm like, what's wrong? And he's like, I'm stressed because you're stressed. Yeah. And he just broke down. He's so, the emotional one. Yes. Yeah. He is. So um, I had to explain to him that, you know, that's not a weight that you have to worry about. You know, um, mommy is okay. Gave him a big hug. And after that, he was good. Milani, on the other hand, who my little, my little, <laughs> she's just like me. She will turn something that is negative into a joke real quick. So, homegirl, I was in the kitchen one day and I'm telling Chase to stop doing something. And I'm like, Chase, you need to put that down. You're going to get in trouble. Chase, stop doing that. And she's sitting there on the, at the counter. I think she was coloring, minding her little business, but then she jumps in the conversation. What you going to do? What you going to do? You going to drag me? <laughs> Milani, where'd you get that from? And she's like, well, you know, when you, when you got into the fight, I was like, oh my god! You pay god. attention to everything, and you she, think they're not, you know? Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh my gosh! Let that be a lesson in itself. When you uh -huh. think you're not paying attention, remember that your kids are people. Yes. And all up in the mix, and they are listening and paying attention to everything. Oh yeah, we um we just had. We just had the conversation about death in from with my son Sam, who's almost five, because he keeps he keeps asking about where my dad is. And so finally, I, I read somewhere just to be honest, right? Just to flat out say what it is. And so I was like, "Well, he died." Mm -hmm. Wait, so he's not alive? Wait, how did he die? And and I'm like, "Well," and he and I and so. It's like one of those things that just went completely wrong where I'm like, um, he was sick. He was like, oh, so so when you're sick, you die. And it was just this whole awful conversation where I, I really scared him. And so I guess my only 
tip in this is to do your research maybe before you have those conversations because I didn't know what I was getting into. I just thought I'd say he died and, and we moved on. And he has now asked so many questions about wow. Oh yeah. So does everybody who gets sick, do they die? At what age do people die? I mean, all these morbid questions that I'm like, okay, can we just play with Legos? Can, can we please just color a book right now? I just, oh. wow. do oh, your research. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. And there's so many websites and things out there uh, that, that give you different approaches that, wow. So you can avoid stuff like that. And to this day, my son, is still trying to figure out how Chase came out of me. And <laughs> I will not have that conversation with him just yet. He is just like, and then he gives me this look that he knows what I'm saying doesn't make uh -huh. any sense. He knows I'm not giving him the full story, but he's seven. And I'm just like, dude, like you don't, he doesn't even know about the birds and the bees yet. So uh -huh. how do I explain to him how a baby comes out? So I was like, well, you know, I said, I had to push him out. He said, yeah, but, Push him out from where? I said, well, he came out of my stomach, but you don't have any cuts in your stomach. Did the doctor have to open your stomach? I'm like, no. I was like, Christopher, and then I was just changed the subject, and he just looks at me so puzzled, like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this one day, and I'm like, not today. <laughs> no, not today. Yes, I remember Sam one time was like, oh, is there like um, a hole that forms that like the baby comes out of? And Matt was like, <laughs> Matt was like, my husband was like, just say yes and move on. <laughs> like, just oh, right, right. Sometimes you probably have to do that just to get through it for that moment, you know? What yeah. are you gonna, how are you going to explain that to him? We had a reason. When he's about 15, then I can explain everything. No, no. Well, I'm yeah, right. <laughs> Chris had to sit down and have a, a tough, not a tough conversation, but he had to have a conversation with Christopher because right. he's getting older and he's waking up in the morning and we know what happens oh, okay. for men when they wake up and he thought something was wrong yes, with him. It was, it was I freaking said, him out. I was like, talk to daddy. <laughs> Even in the bathtub, he was like, my penis is floating, you know? Look at <laughs> yes. And Monique was like, you need to handle it. You need to handle it. So finally, <laughs> I sat down with him and I talked to him. I said, it's perfectly normal. It's natural. That's the way God made you. Every now and then it'll do that, but then it'll go back to normal. And I said, daddy's does it as well. Just not as often as it used to. <laughs> Older. When I was younger, it would be like that every morning. Wait, I'm getting older. Oh, oh, you mean in the morning? Yeah. I'm like, wait. Oh, I thought, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, you see where she's at. Hey, normally my mind's in the gutter. Yeah. Your mind's in the gutter now. You got to clarify those kinds I'm, of statements, I'm people. I'm 43 years old. It, it's a natural thing. You're not going to be <laughs> like you were when you were a young, you know, young man. In the morning. You have to add that on. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that you got to take things to, oh, you no. know. Uh -uh. We ain't that. We ain't Only that when I want to be yet. Superman, I'll sneak one in. No, yeah, kidding. whatever. <laughs> the man of steel. Look, if, I, if he ever is walking around here stiff for 10 hours, I'm going to know he took something. No. <laughs> I hear that that, that Viagra stuff. It, it, it backfires. People, yeah. It backfires. You can't be playing around with stuff like that. We don't mm -hmm. need nothing stiff if for you 10 don't hours need it, around here. No. If you don't need it, don't use it. <laughs> but but after I had that conversation with him on a serious note, he actually calmed down. He hadn't talked about it since. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't want him to think something was wrong with him. Right. You know? um, out. That your explanation was perfect. You know, I love Monique that you were like, handle it. And right. you did. it was great. Mm -hmm. I don't have one of those. I cannot relate. Right. Sorry. 
like right, daddy right. talk to him and then deal with your own questions with milani i'm sure right i was just about to say when oh, milani man. comes of age i'm gonna like go talk to mommy and yes. then i'll handle chase on the back end when he gets a little older mm-hmm. yeah yeah she already walked in the bathroom on me once and she's like mommy so when i get older I'm going to have hair on my head and on my vagina. I'm like, <laughs> Milani, I'm like, get out. Get out. Out of the bathroom. Thank you very much. You can leave. Oh, my God. She's so observant. I'm like, geez, Lord, she's getting at the age. So I had to go and talk to her and say, well, when you reach a certain age, things happen. I said, you're going to get hair in your armpits, too. She's like, ew, in my armpits? I'm like, yeah. I said, to grow everywhere. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah. yeah, even those age appropriate conversations are a must. And a lot of times I think people also need to look at the maturity level of their child, because sometimes I forget how old Christopher is because he's so big. I mean, he's almost my height and he's seven. I'm five, seven. And he's literally his head's at my chin now when I stand up. So sometimes when he is very mature, He'll have those moments where he's acting like a seven-year-old and it mm-hmm. kind of catches me off guard. And then I have to remember like, wait, he's just seven. So yeah. although he is mature in some areas, he does have his moments where he becomes that whiny seven-year-old or that antsy, energetic seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I have to grab him and hug him and just say, yo, you're tripping, like calm down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Like, I think that's one of my biggest struggles with my with Sam. Um, because he is so mature and he's so vocal and he's so expressive that when he has those moments in his temper tantrums, I'm like, I, I forget that I'm dealing and we will have like full on arguments. And I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. You're four and a half. I need to remind myself this because I can't get so deep in these arguments with you. You know, it's just, it's hard. But at the end of the day, I think about it like I'm 35 and I have some temper tantrums myself. Like, I don't think we fully ever get past having a temper tantrum like i have my emotional dramatic days too over nothing and we just we just learn as we grow how to handle it you know in a better way and i I tell my kids all the time when they get frustrated or if they're feeling emotional it's nothing wrong with what you're feeling what you're feeling Mm -hmm. is normal it's just how do you now handle those feelings so teach healthy outlets for my son christopher i recognize that meditation is something that really helps him So whenever he's getting frustrated with his schoolwork, I'll tell him, just go sit down and meditate. And he'll go upstairs to his room and he'll come back down. And he's like, mommy, I meditated for five minutes and I feel so much better. That works for him. Milani, it doesn't work. Milani is such a lover. She's so emotional. I just have to give her a hug. And Mm I just squeeze her and just sit her in my lap and let her feel like the baby once again. Because she's the middle child, I can relate. I'm also a middle child. So I get what she's feeling. And now I'm more in tune with what she needs. And that is a huge part of recognizing that your kids are people just like any other person. Everyone has different ways of expressing themselves and everyone needs something different. I can't Mm -hmm. treat all three of my kids the same way because they're unique and they're all different. What what works on one doesn't always work on the other. Mm -hmm. And it teaches me that I have to be more flexible as a mom and even for Chris as a dad, Um, One thing that I tell him all the time when, especially with baby Chase, I'm like, switch it up. If he starts fussing and acting crazy, either he's hungry, he's tired, or he just wants something else to do. 
So just introduce something else to him. It's like a huge cycle that you go in throughout the day. But once you start realizing their rhythm and their pattern, they're a lot easier to deal with, really. Mm hmm. Yep. Yeah, that, that's just like the other day I had Chase upstairs and he was showing out. I mean, he's throwing stuff, <laughs> kicking, screaming. I'm trying to hug him and he won't, you know, I can't even restrain him. So finally, I said, all right, let's get the clothes on. Let's go outside. And he was perfectly fine after that. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's kind of like trial and error. You just got to figure out what works. Right. Yeah. And in the midst of it all, trying to find their rhythm and then you're trying to do your work, especially with the quarantine, people are working from home now. It is a struggle. It's not easy, but it's doable. I know with um, with my kids, if I have something to do or I'm sitting down typing, I give them their iPad and they can type. They'll start typing their name or just give them a, a notebook with a, a marker or a crayon. All right, let's practice writing your name. Let's practice. So now we're all sitting there together, but we're all doing something. I'm able to get work done. And then they're occupied for, fingers crossed, 20 minutes. <laughs> you know? And one, yeah. one thing Monique will check me on, because I tend to do this, you know, a lot of times I try to do what's more convenient for me. You know, I might not mm -hmm. feel like, you know, getting them dressed. I might not feel like going outside and playing with them. But at the end of the day, you know, they didn't ask to come here. You know, we chose to make the kids. So we have to adapt and step up and, you know, get things done for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not fair when they get yelled at because they're bored or they're antsy and they're, they just are a big bottle of energy. I wish we could bottle that up and sell it. We That's would right. be like billionaires right now. Seriously. <laughs> you know? But um, with them, it's just realizing that sometimes when they start arguing with each other, if we're not crafting an activity for them, whose fault really is it? You know, it's kind of like our fault. Let's let me think of something else yeah. that we can do together. And then they're happy again, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. So um, I think one of the things that we want to talk about is uh, some different tips. Uh, we always do tip sharing with our podcast. Um, if you've never listened to Not For Lazy Moms podcast before, I would suggest you go back to season one and you're just going to laugh the whole time because we give you the real, but we do it in such a way where you don't feel bad about yourself and you can laugh at us if you feel like laughing at us and it's fine. <laughs> mm -hmm. But one of my tips for this particular topic is don't limit your child um, because they do understand more than what you think. So we have to make sure that as they're growing, we're growing with our understanding with them. Um, and then another tip that I would give is letting them do what we do to a certain extent. I'm not saying if you're having a glass of wine, give your child a glass of wine. <laughs> Sometimes they might need a glass <laughs> you know, of wine. <laughs> no, what I think is you're a mess. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> what I is, um, for instance, during the summertime, I love to have a little champagne with a splash of grenadine. So my kids would be like, mommy, what are you drinking? I'm like, oh, I'm having grown up juice. Well, what's that that you put in there? Oh, grenadine. Can we have some of that in our lemonade? Sure. So I put a little splash of grenadine inside their lemonade, give them a straw. And now we're all sitting outside having our little, they're having their little mocktail. I'm having my little cocktail and everybody's happy, you know? So yeah. just letting them do what you do. If you're doing chores around the house, let them help. You know, they might make a bigger mess, but they're happy <laughs> and you can get some things accomplished, too. Um, Allie, did you have any tips? Um, yeah, I think uh, one of mine is to speak to your child how you want them to speak to others, you know, and it's easier said than done. But come from a place with, if anything, becoming a parent has taught me to have a lot of patience 
Um, and also show them empathy and how to have empathy towards others. I think that's just such an important trait to have. Um, so yeah, and then as we've talked about, just helping them talk through and navigate their feelings. Don't minimize them, help them express themselves. Yes, the worst thing you can do is make a child bottle up pure emotion, which all of us, we're emotional people. We all experience frustration. And if you make that child bottle that up constantly and not express themselves, they're going to go crazy. They're going to have a blow up. Yeah, yeah they're going to have a, they're going to explode. Yes. And we see how we have explosions and meltdowns as adults. So the best that, the better that we can uh, express that with them and teach them at a younger age, they can avoid some of the things that we go through. So um, I definitely agree with that. Um, does anybody have any confession? I have a tip. Oh, you have a tip? Yeah, I have a tip too. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> tip drill. <laughs> oh, no. We don't need that type of tip. No, no. So <laughs> we talked about it a little bit earlier, but my biggest tip is, you know, like we said before, don't compare each kid. Every kid is different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that can frustrate another kid. You know, the other kid, if you're always comparing as well, Christopher did this, Christopher did that. Melania, you should be reading at this level. That's not fair to the child. Right. And also, too, don't compare them to where you were at that particular age Mm -hmm. because a lot of times you know when i was seven i was reading this book and that book you know that can frustrate the child as well everybody's different so just be patient with them Mm -hmm. we have to adapt and uh have different strategies how to you know um you know basically take care of each kid yeah and i think also um sometimes the comparison to yourself can be done in a positive way right so for instance um we always teach our kids to wash themselves, even chase. Like you get the washcloth and you you do what you can. And then we come behind and do the real wash. Um, but when they were a little younger, I had to explain to Christopher. I was like, Christopher, when I was your age, I was taking baths and showering myself on my own. That was what my parents taught us to do. So and he's he was amazed. He said, really? And I was like, yeah. And I told him some of the things that we did when I was his age. And that actually encouraged him to do more for himself. Right. So in that manner, it was actually more positive. And he felt like, oh, wow, OK, I can do more for myself and I don't have to depend on y'all so much. Now he's to the point where he'll wake up in the morning and he'll come to our room. Can I go downstairs? And we'll say, go ahead. He comes downstairs. He gets himself a bowl of grapes. He pours his orange juice and he'll sit there and wait for us to get up fully so that we can make breakfast. So now he's becoming more independent because I started telling him like, dude, when I was your age, I was not going to my parents' room, bugging them, asking them to get up and oh, he would be flipping around and he's trying to wake us up, trying yeah. to wake the baby up and all of that. So I'm so thankful that, you know, he was challenged to go downstairs and now he's like a little man, you know, he handles his own business. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, cool. any confession. Any confessions? Kids are people. Let's see. You have any confessions? No. Um, I, I guess no. I can confess that sometimes I am guilty of maybe putting too much expectation on them because I know what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I need to respect the fact that they are still young. And although I take an adult-like approach with them, they're still children. And I do want them to enjoy being a child. It's, mm-hmm. so, it's such a short window. So... Um, sometimes I do have to like pull myself back and just say, wait, pause. They're still kids. Like it's okay if they don't, if they didn't do it perfectly. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Going, going off that, like to me, there's a, the, the tip in there also is acknowledging when you are wrong and you need to pause. One of the things I've been doing with Sam is, is 
telling him, calling myself out for my flaws when I have my irrational reaction to something or I have these, I put pressure on him or have these high expectations. I am like, you know what? I'm so sorry. That was not right of me because I feel like, again, teaching them how to apologize and how to recognize when you are wrong, that's another way to help them kind of do that for themselves. Yes. I think that's a great tip because I do that a lot of times. I'll tell my kids, listen, daddy gets frustrated. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I get mad. I might yell at mommy or I might do something or say something that I regret. I said, but the most important thing is you follow up with an apology. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we, we try to tell them that we are people and we have emotions too. And if they do something that hurts my feelings, I tell them like, that really hurt my feelings when you said that, you know, and they're like, Oh, sorry, mommy. You know, it's cute, but I'm really looking forward to this uh, season three of our podcast. We've been doing so well. We thank everyone for the support. Make sure you visit our website at www.notforlazymoms.com. Follow us on social media on Instagram, Not For Lazy Moms on Twitter and Facebook. And check out some of the new things we have in our shop. We have an online store now that features my potty training book, Potty Training Mommy and Daddy. It's a guide for introducing infant potty training as early as six months old. So you definitely want to grab that in paperback, hardback, or on uh, Kindle. You get the electronic version. And we have all kinds of Not For Lazy Mom swag. So we thank everyone who has been following us and supporting us throughout every season of our podcast and online in our community. Make sure you sign up. We're going to be doing some really fun things in the future and we don't want you to miss out. So y'all take care until the next episode. Y'all enjoy your week.